Well, Merry Christmas and welcome to Grace Time. My name's Jonathan. I'm one of the pastors. I'd like to welcome our Walton campus, our Coney campus, and everybody who's watching online. It's hard to believe, but we made it to Christmas of 2020. And I don't know about you, but I am super grateful that we can gather for worship for these Christmas services at Greystone Church. God has been uh, so good to us. I know there are a lot of people who are watching online who aren't able to be here with us. Uh, Normally, my parents are here with us for Christmas Eve, but they weren't able to make it this year because they're sheltering in place. We have a lot of people online uh, who are watching, so we appreciate you guys joining us. And if y'all just say hello on the the chat, uh, on the comments section, say Merry Christmas, say Feliz Navidad, say I'm drinking eggnog, or just whatever. Just let us know that you're here and you're a part uh, of what we're doing. So uh, 2020 has been a challenging year, and so tonight's message is titled, Don't Give Up, Look Up. Okay, don't give up, look up. Because this year, many times uh, throughout the year, we, we thought about giving up, or maybe you felt like giving up. But I want to encourage you this Christmas, don't give up, look up. Over and over again in the Scriptures, it, it says to lift our eyes to the Lord. I lifted my eyes to the Lord. I want to encourage you this Christmas to lift your eyes to the Lord. One of the traditions our family has on Christmas Day, and I know all, all the families have different traditions, but we love to read the Christmas story. And we like to read the Christmas story on Christmas morning before we open uh, our presents. Now, we do love opening presents. And I know the kids are in the audience tonight. Are you guys excited about Christmas? Are y'all excited about opening presents? I love opening presents. That's one of the most fun things of Christmas is getting to open presents. Now, when it comes to presents, there's two types of presents. There's two types of gifts. There are the surprise gifts where you you don't have any clue what's in the gift. And then there's the gift that you know exactly what you're getting, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like you may have even ordered the gift for yourself and then had the person wrap it for you. Now, I want to do a little survey here, and you guys can get involved online and and get into the live chat there. How many people like surprise gifts? Like, you you like to know what the surprise is. Now, how many of you, you you don't like surprises? You just want to know what the gift is. You want to get exactly what you want. Okay, so most people like surprise gifts. Let me be honest with you. Our staff team does not like surprise gifts. We do a white Christmas party, and we did it this year. We were social distanced, and we were all wearing masks. And we do this white elephant, and everybody brings a gift. It has to be under $20, $25. A lot of the staff opened the gift that they brought. How boring is that? Like, instead of them just getting any gift, they want to open the gift that they actually brought, and they want to go home with the gift that they that they brought. Now, Jennifer and I, we're, you know, when it comes to Christmas, we typically say, well, let's not get, anything, get, any, get each other anything this year, but sometimes we'll, we'll try to surprise each other. And so a couple of years ago, Jennifer tried to surprise me, and so she got a coffee mug made uh, with my family on it. But the sad thing was when I opened the gift, it wasn't my family. It was, it was Jeff's family. I have no idea who Jeff is, but there's pictures of Jeff and his family uh, on this coffee mug. So talk about a surprise, right? That was, that was definitely a surprise gift. 
One of the traditions we have at Christmas here at Greystone is to read the Christmas story. I just, I love to read the Christmas story at Christmas time. And as I read this story this year, I want you to think about the main characters in the story. Of course, Joseph and Mary and the shepherds. I want you to think about how stressful it was and what a difficult time they had. And and we're going to relate that back to 2020. I think we can relate to these characters in the very first Christmas. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Don't give up, but look up. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. Now Joseph also went up from, from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. I want us to look at the first characters, or these characters in the first Christmas, see what they went through, and see if we don't relate to some of that this year in 2020. Let's look at Mary first. Most scholars believe that Mary was 13, 14 years old, so she's just a teenager. She's engaged to be married. Now, in biblical times, the kids got engaged much earlier than today. So my daughter, Jessie, is almost 13, so I'm not encouraging her to get engaged this early in the ballgame. We're trying to stay away away from boys at all possible at this point. So Mary's 13, 14 years old, and the angel Gabriel comes to her. And, she's, and he says, Mary, you found favor with God. You are going to be with child. And you're going to give birth to the Son of Man. You're to call him Jesus, and he'll be the Savior of the world. And Mary is so confused. And she says, how, how can this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel Gabriel says, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and the power of God is, over, is going to overshadow you. And Mary's trying to figure this out, and she's... She's so confused. Like, like how is this going to happen? How is this going to go down? And why me? Like, like why, why did God choose me to do this? And she's worried about what people are going to think. What's my fiancé Joseph going to think? What are my parents going to think? What are the people in the small town of Nazareth going to think? Like, the rumors are going to spread, right? This is going to be on the news. It's going to be all over social media. And she's just, she's just worried and confused. How many of us have been worried and confused in 2020, wondering what's going to happen and when is all of this going to end? I think we can relate to Mary. 
Now let's look at Joseph. Joseph's engaged to be married. He's marrying the girl of his dreams. He's been working hard and saving up money to to buy their first house. They've been planning this wedding for for months and months and months. And they've actually uh, reserved and booked a a nice outdoor wedding venue right by the Sea of Galilee. They've already posted their engagement photos on Instagram, right? The announcement has gone out to all their friends and family that they're getting married. And Mary shows up and she says, Joseph, you are not going to believe this, but I am pregnant. And I promise you, I'm a virgin, and I've, I've been, I have not been unfaithful. You're, you're not going to believe this. Like the angel Gabriel was in my bedroom the other night, and he explained the whole thing to me, and the, the Holy Spirit o- overshadowed me. And it's the Immaculate Conception. I don't know if you've ever heard about this before. How do you think Joseph is feeling? Right? His, ge- his dreams are shattered. This is the girl he's going to spend the rest of his life with, and, and he thinks she's been unfaithful. And the scriptures tell us that he decides to divorce her quietly. He breaks off the the engagement. How do you think Joseph felt? He he felt hurt. He felt brokenhearted. How many of us have been hurt and brokenhearted in 2020? Like things that we had planned to do got canceled. Graduations canceled. Proms were canceled. Weddings were canceled. I mean, all, all a year of hurt, a year of pain, a year of devastation. Then there are the shepherds out in the fields. And it says this, this angel appears out of nowhere. It says they were terrified. They were afraid. They were scared for their lives. How many of you have been scared in 2020? How many of you have been fearful? I think we've all been fearful of something. We've been fearful of this pandemic. We've been fearful that we would get we would get sick or, or we, someone might lose their lives. And then we became afraid of mental health issues. We became concerned with educational issues uh, with, with our kids. We had all of these concerns in 2020, economic concerns and job concerns and, and finances. And one of the biggest concerns we had in 2020 is we were worried that we might run out of toilet paper. Like that was a huge deal, right? Like we're stocking up on toilet paper. And then you have the magi, the wise men who traveled from the east. We didn't read about them today. Most scholars believe that they came from Iran or Iraq, modern-day Iran or Iraq. took them thousands of miles to get to Israel. They traveled through the desert on camelback. took them three months to get to first Jerusalem, and then they go down to, to Bethlehem. I assume they were tired. I assumed they were exhausted. I I assumed that they were worn out. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been exhausted in 2020. I've been so tired and worn out. I'm tired of social distancing. I'm tired of wearing a mask. I'm tired of our kids getting quarantined because of contact tracing. I'm tired of everything being canceled. I'm tired of politics. I don't know about you, but I would be happy never to see a political ad on TV for the rest of my life. Can I get an amen? Can I get a, can I get a, oh my goodness, like like stick a fork in my eye. 
I think we can relate to the characters in this first Christmas because we're tired, we're exhausted, we're worn out, we're worried, we're confused, we're heartbroken. We're facing all kinds of fears. But Joseph and Mary, they didn't give up. They didn't worry about what other people were saying about them. Because just imagine, God spoke to them. He didn't speak to everybody else. They believed in God's word. They believed in God's promises. They didn't give up. They looked up. And they trusted God. And that's what I want to encourage us to do this Christmas. Don't give up. Look up. It says in Psalm 121, 1 and 2, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Our help comes from the Lord. Don't give up, look up. Our help comes from the Lord. I want to remind you this Christmas of who the Lord is. I love Isaiah's description in in chapter 40. Verse 12, he says, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Or with the breath of his hand marked out the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in the balance? It says that God holds the oceans in the palms of his hand. It says that he measures out the heavens, he measures out the universe by the breadth of his hand. God is a really big God. It says in verse 22, it says, He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. Its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. That he is enthroned. He sits on the throne. He is sovereign. He is Lord. He is in control. He's not only the creator of the universe, but he is the sustainer of the universe. And then Isaiah goes on in verse 28 and says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. In his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But he, and here's the promise. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Those of us who are tired and weary, if we put our hope in the Lord, we will again soar on wings like eagles. Our hope is in the Lord. I want to encourage you this Christmas to put your hope in the Lord. He is the creator and sustainer of the universe. And he promises us if we put our hope in him, he will renew our strength. Our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is not in the government. Our hope is not in a political party. Our hope is not in a president. Our hope is not in a vaccine. Our hope is not in the stock market or the economy. Our hope is not in our 401k. Our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is in the one who holds the oceans in the palms of his hand. 
Our hope is in the one that measures out the universe by the breath of his hand. Our hope is in the one who has named the stars. Our hope is in the creator of the universe, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Our hope is in the Lord. I want to encourage you this Christmas to hold on to hope. To hold on to hope. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. God is faithful. Even when we are faithless, he remains faithful. Hold on to hope. I want to encourage you this Christmas to hold on to hope. Don't give up. Look up. It says to hold on unswervingly to the hope that you have. Persevere to the end. Keep the faith. Keep fighting the good fight. Finish the Christian race. Hold on to hope. No matter what happens, hold on tight. And don't let go. One of the things that our family loves to do is go to the lake. And we have a huge debate between Jennifer and I and our kids. Jennifer and I think the beach is better. Our kids think the lake's better. So there's this huge argument. It's not really an argument, is it? The beach is way better. But our, ki- but our kids love to go to the lake. And one of the things they love to do at the lake is get on the inner tube. And we have some friends, the Tyndalls at Lake Martin. And I've got a picture here of the epic triple tube. Okay? This is all of our kids on the epic triple tube. And they love to ride on the epic turtle tube and jump from tube to tube, you know, jumping back and forth. And that's all fun. But then Craig and I, uh, the other dad, we get them out in the middle of the lake and we get the boat going about 40 miles an hour and we start slinging them around. You know what I'm talking about. And the goal is to sling them off, right? It does hurt. That's why I don't do it anymore. But the, but the kids do it. And so they're hanging on, right? They're like... They're flying across the wake. They're flying across the water. And we can't wait for them just to bust it, right? And then we all start laughing, and it's so, it's so much fun. But 2020, to me, has felt like we're just hanging on, and we're flying across the lake, and we're not going to let go. We don't know what's going to happen next. You know, I, I, I feel like sometimes we're in this, this Hunger Game movie. And it's like, well, let's throw a pandemic at them. You know, let's see how they respond to that. You know, let's... Let's throw this at them, and, and, you know, it's all a game. But 2020, we're holding on. And I just want to encourage you to hold on to hope, to keep your hope in Jesus, to hold on to the truth of his word, to hold on to the promises that God has given us. Mary didn't give up. She looked up. She didn't worry about what other people thought about her, but she believed that what God said to her would be true. And she held on to hope. Joseph didn't give up either. He originally was going to divorce Mary, but the angel Gabriel appears to him as well, explains to him everything that's going on, and he trusts God at his word, and, and he holds on to hope. The shepherds don't give up. They looked up. They trusted God and his promises. And if we continue reading in in chapter 2, the shepherds end up going to Bethlehem. And it's just as the angel had told them it would be. You know, this scene 
on this first Christmas night. But that what the shepherds saw in the sky, there's only one word that can describe it. Phenomenal, right? It was phenomenal. I, I want to read this again. Verse 13 and 14 it says, Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on, our, on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. You know, this is the only instance in the Bible where more than one angel appears. I don't know if you guys believe in angels or not, but throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, angels would appear to people, and, and God would deliver a message to people through his angels. But this is the only instance in the Bible where more than one angel appears on the earth. It says, a great company of heavenly hosts. I want the kids to use your imagination. How many angels do you think were in the sky that night? How many is a great company of heavenly hosts? Now, if you go to Revelation chapter 5, verse 11, John is describing this vision that he has of heaven. And Jesus is on the throne and it says that thousands upon thousands of angels are encircling the throne, singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And then he goes on to say it was actually 10,000 times 10,000 angels. We have any math majors in the group? Anybody know what 10,000 times 10,000 is? A hundred million. I used my calculator. A hundred million angels in heaven worshiping Jesus. Can you imagine that first Christmas, the sky lit up with a hundred million angels singing glory to God in the highest and peace on earth? This is the greatest event in the history of the world. It's the greatest event. It's, it's, it's when heaven came down. And for thousands and thousands of years, the people of God have been waiting for the Messiah. They've been waiting for the Savior. They have been waiting for heaven to come down. And that's why Christmas is so important. Because we're celebrating the greatest event in the history of the world. They say, God, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. The prince of peace had come to earth. And God's favor rests. I don't know if you want the favor of God or not. I do. God's favor rests on those who put their faith in Jesus. We can have peace with God through his son, Jesus, the prince of peace. And here's the application this Christmas. Our hope is in heaven. Christmas is a reminder to us that our hope is in heaven. We are not living for this temporary world. We are not living for the things of earth. We are longing for eternal life. We're not hoping for a better earth. We're not hoping for world peace. Our hope is in the Prince of Peace. 
Our hope is in the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Our hope is in heaven. You know, 2020 has been a rough year. And I don't know what everybody's going through. But God does. And he is speaking to you. And he's saying, don't give up. Look up. Trust in me. Trust in my word. Put your faith in me. I want to encourage you this Christmas to hold on to the hope that you have. And if you don't have a solid hope, I want to encourage you to put your hope in Jesus. To fix your eyes on him, the author and perfecter of our faith. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, that's what Christmas is all about. He came so that we could have a relationship with God. He was born the Virgin Mary. He was born without sin. All of us were born into original sin. He was born without sin. And he lived a perfect life. And he died on the cross for our sins. And on the third day, he conquered sin and he conquered death and he conquered hell. And he rose from the grave. And we too, through faith in Jesus, can conquer death and conquer sin and conquer hell and rise from the grave and spend eternity in heaven with God. Our hope is in heaven. Our hope is in Jesus. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for the Christmas story. We thank you that it's the greatest event in the history of the world. Oh, to have been a shepherd out in the fields that night and see a hundred million angels singing glory to God in the highest. God, we thank you for the humility of Christ that he put on human skin. He lived a perfect life and he died on the cross in our place. God, I pray if there's anyone here, anyone watching who's never put his or her faith in you, God, I pray today would be the day of their salvation. They would put their hope in you. They would put their trust in you. Everything that this world has to offer doesn't last. It's only temporary. But eternal life lasts forever, and it's a relationship with you. And I pray, God, that that today people would put their faith and put their trust in you. God, this Christmas we're holding on to hope. We're not giving up. We're looking up. And we're keeping our faith in the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.